Hello and welcome to part of our series of speaking to really interesting people of an older generation, people that they've done so much and I think they've seen the best of Nigeria. And today you have no idea how thrilled I am to be speaking to my guest today, Professor Emeritus Professor Distinguished Professor Chief Osato Gewa Osage OUN. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I, first of all, I want to say thank you for the generosity you've afforded me with your time answering my texts at 12 midnight. I send you texts. And uh, yeah, I'll just give a little bit about your background, just a little bit, because if you know, I mean, well, you probably know him already, but if you know his CV, he runs to several pages. Emeritus Professor was born on the 24th of March, 1947 in Lagos. And it's interesting, his mother's Shakiri, and there's a huge pedigree with the Shakiris, I know, and, uh, and Delta State. Uh, his father's from Delta State. Professor Giwa Osage trained at top educational and health institutions in England, USA and Australia. He graduated from Cambridge University, trained at Harvard University and Monash University in Australia. And he's a recognized expert and consultant to the WHO in several countries. He was Secretary General, then President, then Chairman of the Development Committee of the West African College of Surgeons. And he has, for the past up to years, been the coordinator in Nigeria of the West African Postgraduate Medical Colleges. He was Foundation Chairman of the National Hospital Abuja from 1999 to 2001, and also been Chairman of the Federal Medical Center, Yenagoa. Sir, it's been medicine, medicine, medicine. I mean, you've done amazingly I mean, you've done so much in medicine. Was it always preordained that you were going to go into medicine? Well, from when I was uh, probably about seven years old or so, I have always been interested in being a doctor because uh, there were some people who were close to my father. My father was a prison officer. Uh, in fact, he became the first Nigerian to be head of the prison service. At that time, the head of prison service was called director of prisons. It's now, they now call him the controller general of prisons. My father was the first Nigerian to hold that position. He had some uh, close friends from King's College where he went, King's College, Lagos. So your father was at King's College? He was at And King's then you College. went to King's College? Yes, and my sons went, <laughs> went to, to King's, King's College. Went to King's College, okay. And uh, for instance, uh, there was a, a man, a famous man from uh, Calabar called Dr. B.J. Ikbeme. Hmm. Uh, he was my father's classmate at King's College, an all-rounder, sportsman, and a very successful doctor. He ended up owning his own practice in Calabar. Then there was another classmate called Dr. George Garrick from Benin City, who for many years held the high jump record of King's College. Gosh. He had a record for over 30 years until that record was beaten by the late Victor Manra, by oh, wow. Victor Manra. So, he broke the record so after about 30 years. And then there was his cousin, his first cousin, Professor Tira Belo Sagie, whose father, Tira's father and my, my grandfather were brothers, same mother, same father. And... Uh, Professor Tira Belo Sage was a gynecologist and he looked after the wives of many heads of state. And if I, he was famous for that. And he was uh, the chief consultant at Island Maternity when it started. Nice. And um, relocated to Benin as the professor and uh, dean of the new medical school at the University of Benin. So that's where your so those were the people that were near my father who right. were doctors, whom I, I saw when I was young, maybe uh, seven years old to ten years old, and I used to like their swagger. 
with with their with their tele with their with their stethoscope around yeah, their necks. necks. And then when you enter their cars, the car will be smelling of of, <laughs> of medicines. Yes. You know, I, I, I like that life. <laughs> so you so said, that, I'm going to be a doctor too. Yes, that's how it started. And then that was it. And then you did gynecology. Again, I did gynecology. Because? Uh, because after uh, I went from Cambridge to yeah. King's College Hospital London. Yeah. King's College Hospital London is famous for producing presidents of the college, Royal College of Gynecologists. Yes. Yes. So many of them were King's College consultants. So I had that influence on me when mm. I was there. Then I had the influence of my uh, my uncle, Professor T. Belo Sage, mm -hmm. who was a famous gynecologist in Nigeria. So when I had to make a decision, I decided that I wanted to be a gynecologist. <laughs> because uh, you need to see the happiness of people when they yes. have live yes. births. It's the, I, like I think that. it's the happy end yes. of medicine. Yes. It has nasty parts as well. But, well, yes, uh, so but in the main. That's how I went to gynecology. And then I was, I find that I was very strong in endocrinology. That's the, right. the study of hormones. hormones yeah. And that uh, the specialty of studies and gynecology allowed me to maintain my interest in endocrinology through family planning, infertility, uh, hormonal treatment of various female problems, and which... Practical surgery, you know, fibroids, yes. ovarian cysts, caesarean section. So I just found that it had the right mixture for me. Mm. And that, that's how I ended up in Osangani. I asked for advice. I went to one of my bosses when I was a house officer at King's College Hospital. Right. So I went to see a senior lecturer called Dr. John Newton at that time, mm. King's College Hospital. He later became Professor John Newton of Birmingham University. Oh, wow. And I said to him, I think I'm interested in obstetrics and gynecology. Then he, he literally gave me a roadmap. Oh. He said, well, this is what you've got to do. Yes. Pass your primary first. Then you get into obstetrics and gynecology, do the rotations. Then when you have to do your elective, we have to yes. do one year elective. Yes. Don't do what many people do. They go and do surgery. Yes. For two years and get my their brother, first years. My brother did their first yes. years. He said, no, he said, that's going out of fashion. Yeah. He said, go and do research. Wow. Do research, get a master, get an MD. Uh, well, this is what is coming up. And he was very correct in his analysis. Wow. You know, endocrinology, family planning, contraception, infertility, all mm. those sorts. It became more important. Absolutely. Management of menopause. Yes. And uh, so I did my elective at Leeds University. Right. Doing a master's in endocrinology. And um, so that was before I came back to Nigeria. So I was a lecturer at King's College Hospital Medical School. In England. In England. And uh, the pull to come home was very strong. Well, that, that I was that going time. to ask you um, two things. One, I know quite a few Nigerian doctors who were brilliant in England, but they felt that their career plateaued. They weren't given the opportunity. And I know some went to Canada, some went to, and also some stayed behind. What made you come back? And two, did you face any sort of challenges? Well, I, I was a lecturer at King's College Hospital. Yeah. It was a, uh, a position funded by WHO. Ah, okay. The WHO gave the hospital money right. to employ a lecturer to research uh, into contraception and infertility and so on. And I had got my master's in endocrinology. So John Newton, who was the director of the WHO Center, found me an ideal person because he already knew me. Yes. He knew I'd done a master's. So he was like a mentor to you. Yes. Yes. So when I, they, they advertised it, I went to meet him. I said, look, do you think I should right apply? Right up my street. <laughs> he said, you should apply. Yeah. We will interview you with other people. Yes. But I cannot promise you yes. that That's you will fair. get it. That's fair. Uh, which is what he has to say anyway. Yeah, of course, yeah. I went for the interview. This was about my fourth interview. I'd been to other interviews. And I didn't get the jobs. Right, yeah. They would say either I'm too qualified or I don't have enough experience. Then my medical school now advertised a position, King's College Hospital. 
I applied the interview three or four of us. I was the only person from King's, from College, King's College. And I got it. Fantastic. So now I had some contemporaries who, yes. who were specializing in the same time as I was, yes. right? For instance. From Nigeria. Nigerians, yes. Right. For instance, uh, Professor Mrs. Bomio Gidingwe. Right. A woman at that time. Yeah, formerly yeah. Miss Shulanka. Yes. She had been to Oxford. Wow. And then UCH London. And we passed the specialist exams the same day. Gosh. Professor Joseph Otubu uh, and um, Professor Titi John of Portacot. And, in, you know, there were six of us, Nigerians, who passed. Who passed at the that same the, time. That was the largest Contingent, number of Nigerians yes. who passed in one go. Now, of all of us, about three had, went home almost as soon as they got the, 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 yeah. the exams. And so I was conscious of that. Yes. And Professor Gilengwe in particular uh, kept in touch and said, look, you better come home. Uh, a, a is here, B is here, yes. B is here. What is she doing out there? That's one. Two, my mother. Mm. My mother, as far as she was concerned, I mean, she wrote me a letter in which she said in Benin. She wrote it in Benin. She said that she's like somebody who has no son. Oh, talk of emotion. Can you imagine? Yes, mm. yes. That I finished and I'm sitting there in London. That is yes. as if she has no son. Oh. Okay. My father probably thought the same, but he never said Except it that so, way. Yeah. As far as they were concerned, I went to read medicine. I'm a doctor. You've done read medicine? I decided to specialize. I'm specialized. I did the master's. I got You've it. Done that. What am I still doing yes. there? Yes. And at that time, the economy of Nigeria was uh, very good. Yeah. Remember, not long before that, in, in the days of General Gowan, yes. uh, he said that money is not a problem. It's how to, a, spend, it's how to it. spend it. Yes. Yes. And, uh, he, and he was right. At that time, yes. <laughs> and uh, he went as far as to pay the salaries of uh, some civil servants in a West Indian island who were on strike. Oh. That's how much money we yes, had. Yes, we had. Okay. So there was all that. Then the, the exchange rate was quite good. Oh, for, yes. I think for, like for a thousand naira, you yeah. get about 800 and something pounds. pounds yeah. So when I converted my salary, my when salary here do, was yeah. better than <laughs> yes. in London. So they gave you accommodation in Nigeria, away, yes. gave you a car, car loan. So those were all the things that were saying, come, come home, come home. Then on the other end, in London end, I was having some experiences which I couldn't tolerate because yeah, you, like you, what? Yeah, I went to King's College Lagos. Yeah. From King's College Lagos, I, I went straight to Cambridge, Cambridge University. Not UI, like a lot of people did. Yeah, at most that of time. my friends went yeah. there. UI was good. Yeah, school. it was brilliant. So I didn't accept that anybody was better, better than, than me. You, I mean yes. I went to Cambridge, I got a upper second in my tripospat one B, that's the second mm -hmm. MB. And then I got a degree in pathology before coming to King's College Hospital. Wow. So, and I did very well at King's College Hospital. I was selected to be the house officer of the professorial unit in surgery wow. in preference to English students. Gosh, yes. So it was strange for me to go for an interview. And be told you are. And be told that you are yes. too qualified. Yes, or, or you are not qualified and enough. And that sort of yes. thing. Yes. And all I saw ahead of me was a lifetime of, of, of fighting uh, the forces fighting and disappointment. <laughs> yes. and yeah. I wasn't prepared to take that. Yeah. And uh, so those are the issues, the things that made me come. And then my wife. Hmm. Uh, you had married at I had, I married after I passed my specialist exam. In England? In England. Right. My wife is Jamaican. All right. And uh, she's a dentist. I was a year ahead of her. In, 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 in a university. And um, I had a chance, because of the research I was doing with the WHO Research Center at King's College Hospital, of applying for a position in WHO as a medical officer. On a good salary at that time, it was something like 36,000 uh, pounds. Gosh, a, even now it's uh, a good salary. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 36,000 pounds a year, yeah. tax-free. Wow. As a medical officer to supervise various projects in Asia and Middle East, yeah. it was tempting because I could easily fly back from Geneva like every two yes. weeks for a weekend. 
my wife was not prepared to relocate to any other country apart from Nigeria or Jamaica. That's interesting. Yes. She was she had no problems with coming to Nigeria. Yeah, no, no, she had no problem about that at all. And she said, when I go to Nigeria or we go to Jamaica, Jamaica. But I, I'm definitely not relocated from England to, to, to Switzerland. To or somewhere. Uh, and yeah. I started learning another yeah. language and so on. But uh, you speak French. Yes. Yes. Then uh, I, so I applied for a position at uh, Lagos United Teaching Hospital. Okay. As a senior registrar in obstetrics and gynecology. Right. Which was, um, I was applying to say position my colleagues had obtained some months before. Mm. So the Lagos United Teaching Hospital, Luth, arranged for a senior uh, English consultant to interview me in London. So I was interviewed in the London office of the Lagos Valley Teaching Hospital. About two weeks or three weeks later, I got a letter of appointment, which I accepted. And they then sent me four tickets. Wow. For myself, my wife, and, and two, two children. children. So I came home first, and then they came about two months later. So that's how I came back to Nigeria. And it was at a time when doctors were resigning from yes, government I service remember, yeah. because of a government decree banning private practice. practice yes. So the, the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Luth Was lost decimated. about 10 specialists. Good specialists. Lord, yes. So I just walked in. Or we walked in, about three of us walked in. A month later, I was allocated a three-bedroom flat in oh, wow. in the Luth compound. Yes. And, and as I was, I was walking to my office and back. Oh. That's so a was, good quality of life. Oh yes, was, <laughs> yes. Uh, and the compound was fenced yeah. and, uh, and 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 safe. That's the one in Surulere. In Surulere, yes. in Jaraba. Yes. So that's where Professor I, Duncan. Yes, Professor uh, Duncan was there. Omodari. Uh, Omodari, Lebute. Yes. yes. All of them yes. were there. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's how I ended up in in the Luth. It was a real soft landing, so to yes, speak. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now. I had hardly arrived in Nigeria. Within months, Obasanjo was head of state. Mm-hmm. The they, first time round. Yes, they cancelled the uh, car loans. Yes. yes. And uh, the financing of the hospitals was reduced. Yeah. Well, they painted the flat for me to move in. But after that, I was the one responsible for, responsible for maintaining else. the flat. So that was the, the, the so-called austerity regime. Well, yeah. that they were they had in place at that time. How did that affect the actual running of the hospitals? Well, it did affect it because, for example, at that time, I remember writing back to my colleagues in England that yeah. I finished a cesarean section using torchlight. They couldn't oh, believe it. Oh my goodness me! And they just passed it on to each <laughs> other. Look at what is happening to Frank in, in Nigeria. <laughs> It's but, funny, though, you say that, because yeah. I have a friend who was in a gynecologist, obstetrician and gynecologist here, uh, qualified at Ireland Maternity, and she's now, she worked in England, but if they have any issues, any difficult cases, she's the one they will call, yes. because she said, I use my phone, I, we have done the most amazing stuff oh, under yes. the toughest circumstances. Yes. So, and um, because the teaching hospital lose, they don't have... The Gener- backup generator. Gen- good grief. And uh, so uh, the light will go. Uh, the electric authority at that time did not see why they should give any special preference to the hospital. To the hospital. Was that the period when you could see like a dip in Nigeria? Yes. A definite dip. Definitely. And uh, so this led to a strike hmm. of the doctors at, at, oh. at, at the loose. Yes. What are we asking for? We're asking for generator Talk. and water. Can you imagine? Not even salaries. But isn't it tragic that we're still doing that now? Well, yes. Yeah. It. So eventually, because of that strike, we did get the generator and water. Uh, and water. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, as the news expanded, it was still not enough. Mm. So whereas now, the loot management had the wisdom to go for a public-private arrangement oh, where we are getting power from gas. Wow. So they have that? Yeah. So look, virtually has, uh, they don't have power failure for more than 10 minutes. Good Lord. 
I wonder why UCH, maybe they've done that at UCH too, yeah. I don't know. They got the financing from yeah. uh, National Treasure or something. Oh, wow. We have a fund, then you yes. have the fund. The wealth fund. The wealth fund, yeah, sovereign wealth fund. Yeah. yeah, they are the ones that brought the money out. Yeah. And so we have the normal electricity line. Brilliant. Then we have normal diesel generators. Later. Then we have the gas power generator. So you have plan A, B, and C. Yes. <laughs> that is so forward thinking. So when you are in loose, for the last four years or so yeah. now, if you had a lose and the power goes on, just stop what you are doing and just wait. Just wait Within five, ten minutes, light it's will come back. back. Absolutely amazing. But what I what I find, um, I find it heady, all those brains together in one place at one time. Do you, I mean, you've kept your finger on the pulse of the medical field in Nigeria. What do you see now compared to those days where you had all these brain power all this enthusiasm and um, dynamism. Well, you know what will shock some people? Yeah. But uh, I'm one of the people who have started this Academy of Medicine Specialties of Nigeria. Right. Which is supposed to be the highest level right. of medicine specialties. It's difficult to become a fellow. Well, yes. I'm one of the foundation fellows. Right. Where I started with Professor Ashiro. Uh, Chief, Chief Dr. Sonny Kuku and okay. Professor Wobo Ryode. We, we, we had that brainchild. Yeah. And we started it. We have about 150 fellows now. Right. And based we, in Nigeria? A, a few from outside. Okay. Uh, but mainly based in Nigeria. We so just what do you have to be? Do you have to attain a certain level of expertise? Yeah, that's what I was about to go yeah. on to, just to show you the amount of brain power that's this country, still here. This country has. Still. We we are reviewing for membership people who yeah. had applied, right? And we only uh, we only accepted five, ah. five. And what you know, as, I, as against what you would normally, well, I thought we would have like thirty or forty or fifty. Yes. The majority didn't get through the hurdle. And if you see what work they are doing, but you don't know. You only yes. know if you are in their area of interest. Yes. And these are Nigerians. Using the tools we have here, with yes, the limitations yes. we have here. And increasingly now, those that give grants abroad yeah. know that Nigeria has a lot of brain power. And they're taking them, though, yes, aren't they? they're taking them. And I, I, I don't call it brain drain. I call it DNA drain. They're they are taking our DNA away from Nigeria. It's, it's scary. And the earlier the government realizes that, the better for everybody. But they don't seem to get it. I, well, one of the ministers apparently said, let them take, we have many more or something ridiculous like that. I read an article, I think it was in the FT or New York Times, I can't remember, about the latest wave of brain drain in Nigeria, that it's not like before. Remember the days of Andrew? <laughs> well, they said, this ones are not going to be easy to replace because the education system that brings these people out has been decimated. Yes, sir. Yes. So what, 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 this is where we are, sir. What What are the easy, low-hanging fruits we can do, the governments, the people, wealthy people can do to, well, to get to where we want to be? I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. But I'm quite certain... I'm up for it. Controversial. That is not controversial <laughs> okay. for the ordinary man. Yes. When you see the amount of money the National Assembly members collect... It's obscene. I'm All right, sorry. it's yeah. obscene. I'm joining you in that controversy. I yes. do believe it's obscene. And uh, we have been saying this, or it has been, this has been said for the last 10 years, yet successive members join them who you think will correct the, the problem and say, I don't want to be part of this yeah. system. They just sit down there and collect their millions every month. Money corrupts. Okay. Now, the first thing that you have to do, apart from the general policies of making sure people can eat yeah. and making sure that you have roads up, jobs can be there. Yeah. Look at my small hospital where I'm talking now. Yeah. I have three generators. I mean, so I pay all that out to buy yeah, the generator yeah, and maintain it. Yeah. As, yes, it's I literally see, burning your money. Yes, yes, we, we see pay tax. Yes, well, there's somebody, some yeah, people, somebody sitting yeah. in Abuja collecting millions every month. Yeah. Now, you said low life fruits that we can take. First thing you can do to slow down brain drain is to increase the amount of money people take each month. Yeah, salary. Yes, because 
however dedicated somebody is, if he's dependent only on his salary from government, he'll starve. He'll have difficulties. <laughs> and okay, you tell him, well, why do his children have to go to a private school? And he, why not? Uh, is the private school meant for people with three heads? The one that really upset me personally, and I have an interest in education, is seeing pictures and images and social media of ministers' children graduating when children have not been to school in university here for yes. seven months. I'm sure we all do it. If it was my child and I could afford it, I'd do it. But why rob people's faces in it, especially if you're collecting salary from their hard-earned money? Well, the other day, within the last six months, I saw a photograph from America. Yeah. Of some wealthy person from uh, North, is it Northeastern Nigeria, the yeah. North? Yeah. And who donated so much money to an American university because two of his daughters graduated. Oh, gosh. The money he donated yeah. uh, can be shared between... 20 Nigerian universities, and they all be so grateful to him for life. How do and they feel even collecting it from yes. him? So those are some of the things yeah. that uh, are, are wrong, are wrong, you know, because if somebody donates that kind of money abroad, the first thing the tax people should do yes. <laughs> is to go and meet yes. him yes. and say the tax on that is so, so, so. Well, can it's we... plebs like us that they'll be running out. Yes, you know, <laughs> people come to my clinic to yeah. ask for tax. Yes, I know, every day. You know, somebody came from the tax authorities after the COVID break, so to speak, yeah, yeah. I asked the person, how many patients did you find downstairs? He said two. I said, all right. So, well, you still want me to pay the tax I paid two years ago. <laughs> Where is it supposed to come from? Yeah. So you have to improve the conditions of service of the essential services, yeah. which in this case includes the, the universities and the medical and so on. And your police. The conditions of the police are heartbreaking. I went to Falamore and I just could not believe the way they live. Yes. And that, that's heartbreaking. You see police wearing tattered boots. Yeah. And they're supposed to put their chest forward for the bullets of the kidnappers. Yeah. On your behalf. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, maybe I'm sympathetic to uniform services because my father was in the prison, <laughs> prison service. service. So if you want to reduce... The DNA drain, I yeah, call it. Yeah. Take action to improve the conditions with those people that are draining away. Yeah. Are working. So, what do you think of the political situation at the moment? Because people say we're at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads. There are people, mm. as you said, when you look at my CV, yeah. people wonder where I found time <laughs> to, to do anything. You're amazing. About uh, uh, medicine. I'm a sort of guy that. Throughout my career, I've never taken leave and stayed at home just to rest. Mm. If I take leave, you know, I'm going to some conference <laughs> yes. or something or the other. As I got older, you know, I'm going to London. London is my second home because I spent 13 years there. So I have residence status. Yes. Uh -huh. So, and I paid tax there when I was working there. So I'm entitled to everything You're there. you a pension as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. I must go and sort that out. I'm yes, entitled to the pension. It doesn't hurt. So... Some people, right from when I was in my 40s or 50s, they would be on leave. They'd be at home. Hmm. They say they are resting. And I wonder how I can stay at home doing nothing for one month. <laughs> I, I'm busy socially. Yes. Ikoi Club, Island Club, Yoruba Tennis Club. Gosh. Uh, police officers' message. When I was younger. Yes. Now I'm predominantly Ikoi Club. Love. Uh, because it's just about 10 minutes from my house. Yes. And, uh, but you're very into your Benin heritage and your Yes, I'm very lucky and I'm happy that I have a Benin heritage. The royal families in Lagos have always expressed openly their linkage to the Benin yes. royal family. Yes. And so the royal family, all the way to Onicha, Onicha, Ogwashuku, Iseluku, yes. all of them are linked to the Benin royal family. I'm very happy I'm from there. My father was a chief appointed by Oba Akenzwa, yeah, gosh, the second. Yes. And I'm a chief appointed by Oba Ere Diawa, okay. the son of Oba Akenzwa. Akenzwa yeah. yeah. You know, so. so that is the, the linkage. My father was number nine in the hierarchy. I am number 10. So we 
We have a meeting of the chiefs of my line once every month, but the other can call us to the palace whenever there are issues, whenever there's a meeting, whenever visitors are coming. And um, those who are in Benin, obviously, yeah. they answer the call. Yeah. People like me, I'm an external member. Zoom? I'm a, I'm a chief in diaspora. <laughs> but what about this um, return of the Benin bronzes? It was such a happy thing for all yes. Benin people. Yes. I was there when they first made contact. They came to Benin and I was there. But when they actually handed it over, yes. I, I couldn't make it. Yes. Uh, because I'm in Lagos, I can't always react fast enough. Yes. And uh, because the Benin version of, of what happened in 1897 was that the British wanted to come to Benin during our Igwe festival. Mm-hmm which is an annual festival that is done in Benin, led by the king. And they were told, don't come now. We are busy with traditional come things. Come later. And uh, they wouldn't take that for an answer. Gosh. And they decided to come, and they were waylaid by some warriors led by one of the chiefs of Benin. The, well, preserving their heritage. Yes, the Olobosheri of yes. Benin. Olobosheri. Yeah, he come, led yes. them, and they, they attacked them. And so they killed a few of them. So they went and now brought a whole, a whole army and bombarded Benin. Yes. And, and sacked Benin. Sacked Benin and stole everything. Well, you know, that was the mentality of those days. Yeah. When you... You, you pillage. Yeah. When you win, you take yeah. everything. Yeah. So they took all those things away. And the things spread around the world. I remember the day when I was in England, I went to the British Museum. Museum, gosh. Somebody called it a crime scene. <laughs> in the basement, come and see Benin coral beads. How does that make you feel when you see it there? I felt very sad, but I didn't know we would be able to get them back. back. Or some of them. Yes. Certainly the British Museum yes. is not giving them. So, but, but some people were saying that them being there actually did enhance the world's knowledge of the Benin heritage. Yes. So it has served a purpose. Uh, more people got to know about yes. it. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, there is no doubt mm. from what we have said that if it was our own people yeah. who pillaged Benin, we would not see any of the things. Yes. Because they would just mishandle the world and uh, some will be used to keep doors open. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, those who did not know, but I think when I spoke to Charles, who's another chief from Benin, mm-hmm. he said those works, they were not works of art. They were historical records. They had cultural significance. Yes. They had spiritual significance. So people maybe of a different culture who didn't see the value, but recognized as art, they saw some value in it. But our people would have seen it as a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So they might have kept it. Or maybe they might have been afraid of it and maybe destroyed it. I mean, that's some kind of argument. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, when I started seeing European countries return things to Ethiopia. Yes. And to Greece. Yes. Then I felt, well, there's hope. Then you had, of course, the campaign for reparations by the yes. late Moshuda Biola. Yes. He's been, it's and, amazing. He's that far back. Yes. And the president of Benin, when he was in the foreign service, yes. also kept lobbying Gosh. that the uh, works should be returned. Yes. Um, of course, what, what will happen? The young people, Fitzwilliam College at Cambridge. Yes. It's always the young. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, took a resolution that yes. they should return the one that's in their college. Yes. To Benin. I think it was one. Yes. Yeah. They returned one. Then I think Edinburgh also returned another Jesus one. Jesus College, I think, also. Yeah. So these educational institutions yeah. returned what they had in England and in and Edinburgh, I think. Yeah. And then others are still coming in. Yes. So what? where are they going to be kept or where are they kept now? And Good what is question. the plan? You know, there was an unnecessary controversy yes. over that I between the, the governor of those states. And the Oba. And the Oba. The Oba owns those states. They are royal treasures. And, and historical records, as it yes. said. Yeah. Yes. The governor has every right to say, these things are in my state. But it should be that I want to help you exactly. to preserve them. Yes. This is my plan. 
They are yours. No, I, I'm not arguing with you. They are yours. Let us do this together. Here is the drawing of what I want to do, and, and I'll do it, and you, you can yes. manage it. Yeah. Which is about what they eventually uh, arrived are at. doing now. Uh -huh. So it was unnecessary, like you said. It was totally the, unnecessary. The, the controversy. And people were taking sides, oh. uh, which uh, typical, you know. And uh, But now they've settled down. There is a... Like a trust, okay, and uh, a committee or council yeah. that has been created yeah. to look over those sort of things. Yeah, in order to keep there, you're you going to spend money. Yes, the temperature has to be so well how, controlled and what's security the plan for that. Well, they they have a plan for it. Okay, the Oba said he will give up give up part of his land right in, in the palace there. Yes. There's security issue, mm -hmm. there's maintenance issue, there's yes. also training issue. Yes, they'll get a lot of help from, from, from museums abroad. Yes, yes. They're, 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 they're all very willing to, yes. to do those kind of things. Yeah. Well, one thing that was suggested is that we could actually lend these things back like a traveling exhibition yes. and they pay us royalties. Yes. You can, you can do that. And that will part, of the, the part of the treasures museum. can travel around the exactly. world. Exactly. And that's how Tutankhamen well, oh, went around the world. It went around the world. Yes. It's amazing. It, go around, it goes to Holland for three months. From there, it goes to Sweden. Yes. Then to Russia and so on. It's heavily insured. Of course. And then everybody knows that these things exist. They belong to Benin and people. And the funds can actually be used to develop what we have at home. Yes. So what are your thoughts? I'm really fascinated now that the, the Queen died about a week ago. I'm fascinated to hear your um, your thoughts on the British monarchy, this relevance to Nigeria, and especially with your Benin history and the colonial issues. Well, I intend to write a letter to the King Charles. King Charles, I was calling him Prince, and, yes. And also to the British High Commissioner in Abuja. Yeah. Commiserations, yeah. et cetera, and then to point out my own link with the royalty in England. Right. I was a young man when the Queen came to Nigeria in 1956. Gosh. I was very young. I was nine years old. I was in elementary school in Port Harcourt. About nine years old? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then we were all taught a song in Igbo, which mm -hmm. I still remember to today. <laughs> and we said that, uh, called uh, Uloma, that Uloma should come. Let us greet the white queen, uh, queen in Ibo. Yes. And we're all given Union Jack's yes, plans to hold, to hold yes. by the roadside. Yes. As she drove past in a Land Rover with Major Ironsi. Yes. Later we call Major Gerard. Agu Ironsi. Yes. Standing by her side as her equerry. I remember it clearly. Yes. Okay. Then secondly, I went to Cambridge. Right. And I was a year ahead of Prince Charles at that Gosh. time. And we used to have lectures. I was reading Mercy. We were reading, a, reading an anthropology. Anthropology or something like that. And the lectures were in a place called the Tennis Court. The Tennis Court site, they called it. And as I rode my bicycle to the Tennis Court site, there he would be walking, ah. followed by a private detective. The day would follow behind him. giving him walking. a lift? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, so that's the second uh, encounter I had with them. The third time, was when Jera Babangida and his wife Mariam yes. went on a state visit to England. Oh, gosh. I was in the entourage because Mrs. Mariam Babangida was pregnant. Pregnant, oh, gosh. And I was looking after her. Oh, wow. So, Professor Sadiq Wali was the chief physician to the president. Yes. And I was the obstetrician. To the wife. To the wife. Yes. My uncle had been obstetrician before. He felt <laughs> now that he was getting old that he ought to let me yeah. do the job. So I went on that trip and Professor Wally was staying in Buckingham Palace. Oh, wow. I was staying in the Westminster Hotel about okay. 10 minutes walk away. Yes. And I was given a special pass that allowed me to enter Buckingham Palace, Palace. in the morning. Yes. So by eight, I would be in the palace. I would walk straight to Professor Sadiq Wally's uh, Fortress, room in, yes. the, in Buckingham Palace. Wow. We'll have breakfast together. Was it a nice place? I hear it's very utilitarian. Very, nice, very posh. Oh, right. Was <laughs> yeah. it? Okay. Yes. And uh, then we'll be together all day, whatever the 
the Bangladesh we are going, yeah. we will be them. And we'll, the be, we'll be in the same car. Okay. You know, following them. Yes. If you saw videos from those days, you see the general and his wife, then you see Sadiq Wali standing almost behind Babangida and I standing almost behind Maria. <laughs> That's how we were. God. Uh, throughout our stay there. Yeah. And then they had a, a, a dinner, banquet. Yes. In Buckingham Palace and I was there. You know, on with, that visit, with the, yeah, on that visit with the Queen, I was there. Yes. Okay, that's another encounter. Yeah. Then uh, when Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales, and Princess Diana came to Nigeria at that time, gosh, okay, I happened to be the acting head of gynecology at Luth. Yes. And the labor world at Luth was new, modern, new, well equipped, and. They decided that they wanted to see the new labor world at Luth. So I was the one that had to show Prince Charles and Princess Diana around the labor world. Gosh, I bet you told him we must stop meeting like this. Yes. <laughs> so on the day of their visit, I intentionally wore my Cambridge oh, tie. full colors tie. Oh, you got your full colors. In athletics, yes. Oh, wow. He saw it. He said, that, that's a familiar tie. <laughs> I said, yes. I said, hawk style. He said, yes. What sport? I told him. He started laughing. Uh, and, uh, did he get any colors? <laughs> I don't know. He, you know, he was playing um, polo mainly. Oh, right. Yes, that's mm. true. Yes. And I had a, a photograph. The photographer, pressman got himself, myself, Princess Diana. Mm. In fact, if you look along the corridor before you enter my room. I'm going to take a picture you, of it. You see it yes. There. Uh, so that was another experience I had with the royal royal yeah. family. So I have a story to tell. Yes, you can see the four instances. Absolutely. And, uh, In fact, he's your new best friend. Yes, yes. So <laughs> you and the king. I'm going to write to him. Yes, I'm write to the high commissioner. I'm here. sure he'll be very interested. So I know they will note it down. That this yes. man seems to know these people very well. Yeah. Now, Prof, you've been. Uh, God, you've been so amazing. And I I could listen to you forever. But I have some questions that I want to ask you. Are you sitting comfortably? Yes. Are yes. you ready? Yes. Okay, what remains for you to do on your bucket list? What are the one thing left that you still want to do that you haven't done yet? Well. Or do again? I would have loved to have been given a chance to manage either Ma health or education Nigeria's in health. Nigeria. Yes, or oh, education. We right. really, we really need. Yeah, we need. I would love to, to yeah. have that opportunity. Okay, well, and, uh, from your ears, from your mouth to the ears of God, uh, it will happen. Yes, I, I, as I say, we manifest it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Sunday morning, church or chill. Now, uh, as a young man, as a child, you know, church they was make you think, go to automatic. Church. Yes, yes, you had no choice. Yeah. Then I went to King's College. Yes. Church was automatic. Yes, chapel. You, you got punished if you For didn't go going. to church. And uh, then I got to Cambridge, and I found that the English, they were not godly at all. They were not godly at all. <laughs> it's for those colonials. Yes. <laughs> so I stopped going to church because. Oh. You know, yeah. um, in a, in a college, like Clare College, you go to the chapel on a Sunday, you are lucky if you find 20 uh, <laughs> And they will all be old. <laughs> yes. And uh, so that continued until I moved to London and I bought a house in a place called Streatham Hill. Okay. And my house was directly opposite the church. Right. So we started going across Church there. of England. Church of England, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go across to the church. With the the reverend knew us. Okay, you end up with old people. Yes. Uh, yes. We are lucky if you can get to fifty in the, yes. in the whole church. The church got sold and oh. converted, and uh, then we came back to Nigeria. When we got back to Nigeria, uh, there's a very good uh, Christian environment yes. with, within Luth compound. Oh yes. Yeah. There was a church there, and. Uh, there are now about two churches serving the Luth community, yeah. plus a mosque. Mosque, yeah. Uh, there are two Anglican churches, a Catholic church and a mosque. Yeah. So we got back to going to church. Church. And are you still going? Yeah, I still go to church maybe three times a month. Okay. What? I go to the cathedral, cathedral of Marina. That's high church. Yes. <laughs> high church. High Anglican. church. Yes. yes. 
which was where I was uh, confirmed right. when I was at King's College. Yeah. So I, I still so you've go there. come full circle now. Yes, I'm back to where, back I, where to I started. Yes. Okay. Now, who do you admire most? I will answer that in a stratified way. Okay. On the world scene, hmm. the person I admire most is uh, President Mandela of South Africa. Right, yes. Absolutely fascinating man who had suffered so much yes. and had no bitterness. That was, that, that was unique. It was almost I don't think I could have done it. like I'm not know. sure I could have done it. Uh-huh. So when I when I see what he went through, yeah. how he came out twenty seven years. And ensured that nobody committed atrocities in his name. Mm. Uh, and then he left after one term. He did one term. He could yes. have stayed there. Yes. And then maybe he would be corrupted. Absolutely. He's my, my number one yeah. person, you know. Now, in, in the profession, yes. particularly because I'm a gynecologist, the person that I admire most is another gynecologist. Okay. Says, there is a professor in Ibadan. Right. Called Professor Wale Akonde. Wow. Uh, he's a emeritus professor. Uh, he's a King's College old boy, but several years my senior. Yeah. He, he's 82 now. Is he still practicing? No, but he's in retirement. Yes. Yeah. When you look at his at, at his achievements, his achievements, his, uh, he trained at Ibadan and uh, when Ibadan was still being UI uh, was amazing. Uh-huh, he was there. Yeah. From there, he went to Oxford. Yes. To specialize. Yeah. Then he did a doctorate in Oxford. Wow. Came back to Ibadan, became a professor, Gosh. became a dean, that's uh, now yeah. known as provost. Yes. Be- became chief medical director of UCH. Yes. Then he went off. Abroad. So, uh, he went out to Saudi Arabia. Oh. In the early days. Yes, when people were leaving Nigeria. Yeah, but he didn't abandon his job. Thank he God. finished his tenure and then he yes, went. Yes. From there, he went to the WHO. Right. And became the, what they call it, manager in charge of Africa and uh, Middle East. Fantastic. It's a very powerful position. Yes. And when Professor Akonde was in that position, he did all he could legally. Hmm. To push up Nigeria. Nigeria. It was inviting people like me to come for meetings. Yeah. And I got into committees at WHO. Because he knew what you had to offer. Yes. And uh, and he really helped Nigeria in that position. Yeah. And he retired. Is he still in Ibadan now? He's in Ibadan, yes. Wow. That's his base. I'm going to go and look for him. Yes. If you go to UCH, as of Wale Akonde, they will tell you where he is. Because I remember that period everybody said they were so glad UCH had got its shine back when mm-hmm. he was medical director mm-hmm. and they were so scared when he was leaving yeah, yeah. that he was, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like, in a way, it's like the young man, well, I say young, in the <laughs> 60s, yeah. uh, who is now the chief medical director of Luth. Yes. There has been so much improvement oh. in Luth in his time. Yes. And he's going away oh, no. early next year. So everybody's oh, worried now. Yes. Because you, you know. don't know what the next person's going to do. Yes, yes. And then, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Because I know you have a right to live in England. I have a right to live in England yes. as a resident. Yes. If, I, if I was to choose somewhere else, I would go to the West Indies. Ah, your wife. Yes, yeah. I would go to the West Indies. Jamaica? Yeah, Jamaica, yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's the biggest of the yes, islands. Yes, of the islands. And... Uh, and uh, then I, I, in the West Indies, I'll be able to still work because they, they use English. Oh, yes. That's and true. then. Uh, and your qualifications will be recognized. Recognized, the British qualification. Yes. And I'm just like 30 minutes from Miami. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, uh-huh. And then you can go on your cruises. Yes. <laughs> so I, I will go to the West Indies. So I yeah. Live in Nigeria, but the, the truth is, for many of us, yeah. the only thing that will make us abandon Nigeria is if there's war. Yeah. Uh huh. If there's war, people will take up because the experience of the last war is that there's no point you're losing no. your life. No, no. If you lose your life, you are forgotten immediately. But the trouble with that mindset that people are saying is that if we start out with that premise, then nothing changes because they know you will never fight for things and it's very difficult to get change. Mm-hmm. People don't give up power willingly. It we has to be to taken, yes. Yeah. So how do yeah. we do it when they yeah. know you, at some point you, they know you will never fight them? 
Well, that's so why I saw a saying somewhere a few days ago. I said that if you don't take an interest mm. in how your country is right. ruled, yeah. then you'll soon be ruled by fools. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't just face your medicine or business your and Your own niche, yeah. Uh, at work. It will, whatever and, it is, uh, they will come and affect you. Yes, you, you have to be, have some meaningful contact. Yeah. Either through surrogates, uh, family, and so on, as to what is going on. If you could change one thing, what would it be? If I could change one thing, there's one thing that has impact on a lot of things. Yeah. I will make sure that everything in Nigeria is done on merit. The worst thing that happened in Nigeria was this so-called quota system. system. Yeah. It was meant to protect the North. Yeah. But when the North got political power, they shredded that quota system. Or was this, somebody said, I read in one of the books, I can't remember which, um, you burned down the bridge that brought you across. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yes. So nobody else can yes, come across. Yes, yes. That's what's happened. You burned down that bridge. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the various regimes, Yeah. Babangida, Abacha, you know, even Yaradua. Yeah. Some attempt was made to balance the appointments. For some equity. Yes. But the last two years, we've forgotten about that. Yeah, last and six years, probably. Yeah, so, but the danger is when there's somebody else there who says, It's our turn. It's our turn. I don't accept this. Yeah. Then there'll be an outcry. Yeah. Of marginalization. Yeah. That's the danger we all have. <sighs> so you would change our quota system? Would you change our constitution? Uh, would you restructure? I would definitely restructure. Change the constitution. Then. Yeah, because if you go back to where we had four regions. Yeah. Okay. Nigeria was far, far better off. I know. Now, because... Once we started breaking up, we it's broke up into more tiny, and more tiny, and more, tiny, and more tiny. till you are 36. Yes. So, it could be more, very few. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you have to have 36 uh, governors, governors pump sex, you know, directors, etc., etc. Local government areas. Yes. Government appointments became a, a way yeah. of life. Yeah. It oh, all God. comes down to what you said, isn't it? Change one thing, let it be on merit. Yes. So we bring our best foot forward, always. We don't. I'm, I'm very pleased that to read yesterday so that our president yeah. was advised and has done the right thing in terms of the the athletes. Right. Give some of their national honors and yes. sharing money to them. Thank goodness. You know, people paid 100 million for the form to, to, to stand the election. That, that, that is obscene. Uh-huh. That is so obscene. he is giving 200 million to be shared amongst all of them. Hallelujah. Well, it's something. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. They, they really salvaged our name. And, and, you know, we needed it. We're in such a dark place. It was like just having something, anything, mm. to make us happy at that point in time. So to, to have these <laughs> girls come now, yeah. set world records, yes. did that uh, fantastic. But also their journey, because they've been plugging away, like that Aluko girl, she's been plugging away for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not just a flash in the pan. No, 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 no. She's been working and she's been inching up and inching up. So... What is your favorite book? My favorite book? <laughs> when I look back through the years. Yeah. Chinua Achebe's... Things Fall Apart? Things Fall Apart. Okay. The trilogy, No Longer a Tease. Mm. And what's the third one? Mm. Do you know, I saw the first edition that was illustrated. Was it illustrated by Bruce? It was going for, is it $17,000? <gasps> mm. I couldn't. I realized just yeah, that a, was a classic. That's a, a real classic, and yeah. uh, when you look at the the drama and then the politics yeah. that he was describing, it's like what we are having now. Exactly. It's it's, but also it's. I think it's very closely. If you look at the parallels between that society, what happened to them, and the and the Benin society. After mm-hmm. the sacking, mm. the culture, everything disintegrated. The empire disintegrated. Oh, yeah. Everything disintegrated. Yes. Um, well, last week, yeah. I was uh, instructed by the Oba of Benin yeah. 
to be one of a delegation to represent him at the 200th independence anniversary of Brazil. Oh, wow. So they had uh, a cultural evening and dinner at the uh, Eco Hotel yeah. in Victoria Island. So yeah. I, I went there with Prince Agati said, the brother of the above building. Mm. Chief Ganyu Adams came, the, ah. the area on our yes. Yoruba land. We were all there. It was a very, very pleasant evening. Mm. Now, the ambassador for, the consul general for Brazil yeah. uh, told us, I didn't know this, but some of the other guys knew, that when Brazil became independent 200 years, years ago, ago, that after United States and Argentina recognized it, the kingdom of Benin wow. was the third to recognize Lord. them as an independent Benin country. Because there was no Nigeria there. At that time. The kingdom of Benin recognized them. Can you imagine? Yeah. Going across the oceans yes. to Brazil. So I said, well, you learn all the time. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite song? My favorite time? song is... Uh, well, one is uh, If I Had the Wings of a Dove. If I Had the Wings Like a Dove. Uh huh, which version? I will fly, fly, fly away over the mountains. Fantastic the song. A very uplifting song. Yes. Very uplifting oh, song. Is that the song that your children will, once they hear it, will say, That's my dad? No, no, because I'm, ah. I've never really told them, oh. but my wife knows that I, I oh, like it. Oh, that's your favorite song. Right, I will hope to play this for you one day. <laughs> so are you watching any movies at the moment, or do you have a favorite movie um, that you always go back to? Recently, I've only been going to violent James Bond <laughs> movies. Yeah, but they, gosh, they're, they're quite good for passing an idle hour. Yes. <laughs> When I'm in London and yeah. sometimes on TV here, yeah. we see we see them. But they are so violent now. Yes, they, they are. are. They are. The very last one, they killed James Bond. <laughs> what? Do you think he's going to come back? Well, they've killed him. They, they, so they he, say. He, yeah. So they yeah, say. He was sent on an assignment. Yes, I saw it. Then they sent an well, uh, atomic bomb to the place. Yes. And he couldn't he couldn't come out before. So then. you're a James Bond fan. Yes. Yes, Ian Fleming. That's fantastic <laughs> stories, I James know, Bond. I know, but some of those movies were not actually written by James Bond. He, they made it up after, yes. after by Ian Fleming after, yes, after yes, he died, yes. and they're still as good. Yes. Yes. Now, sir, would you describe yourself in three words? Uh, I'm uh, uh, hardworking. Yes, I know that. Considerate. That's true. Friendly. You're incredibly friendly. And can I add charming? Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, I mean, I met you for the first time a week ago and we just hit it off. We were joking yes. and laughing. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes people take life too seriously. Life is too and, hard uh, as it is. Yeah, and it's so difficult to survive with yeah. in the world at the moment. Particularly Nigeria, now. Nigeria, yes. There's yes. so much. Oh. You shouldn't make it harder by, <laughs> by being too serious. Yeah. Okay. This is the bit that I like. And some people find it a little bit challenging. Please tell me a joke. A joke? A joke. Yes. Oh. Mm. Mm. Which joke can I tell? It could be a dirty joke. It could be a smutty joke. It could be a happy joke. Oh. It could be a dad joke. Mm. 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 Or even a funny You know story. The, the story, you may have heard this, of course, yeah. of the, they say it was an ophthalmologist mm -hmm. that was retiring in the British hospital. Yes. So it was an eye specialist, and then they gave him this painting of a huge eye. Okay. And then he said, wow, suppose I was a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is a good joke. That was a really belly laugh joke. I, 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 I love that. And it had to be a medical joke. Yeah, that's a medical joke. <laughs> a medical joke. Doctors joke a lot, you know. Well, they have I to. It's because, called gallows humor. Yeah, because our, our job is so it's, serious. It's stressful as well. Yes. You know. And life and death in certain mm -hmm. circumstances. Yes. That was a brilliant joke. Thank you so much, Emeritus <laughs> Professor. You're welcome. So, Come yeah. again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Next time we're going to have lunch, no interview. We just we just gist. 
Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and please remember to subscribe and give us a rating. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yes. God bless. <laughs>